Welcome to Response Team Omnicron, an actual play based on No Room for a Wallflower in the Lancer Tabletop RPG, both by Massive Press. This narrative takes place in 5014U, two years prior to the standard starting year of Lancer's core rules, on the planet Hercinia. For more on Lancer's universe, we have a primer released if you want to get a feel for the status of Union in 5014U, or you can check out Lancer on itch.io slash massivepress. Links will be in the description. Tonight, we're going to get started with the character descriptions and introductions as everyone gathers in a briefing space on Myriad, the spaceship that they are traveling on before they land on the planet Hercinia. Winston Allen is around two meters tall and caramel-skinned. His facial hair is cropped neatly and he is adorned in the most recent fashions from the Omninet. He always seems to be confident and not out of place, always seeming to make sure that he is in the most optimal position for the best framing. Sitting next to Winston, you see a shorter woman, Five foot two athletic build, so rather small compared to everybody else in the room. The first thing you notice about her, though, is her deep purple hair, wavy and about chest length, half up, half down. She's dressed in a fairly clean hard suit, sitting there, not really talking to anybody, but listening into what Winston's doing, always paying attention to his conversations and what's going on within that drone footage. But her green eyes are also watching very closely everyone else in the room, reading the situation keeping a very close eye on people's attitudes and what they seem like they're about to do. But overall, reading the situation very carefully and constantly. So what you see uh, sat at the briefing table, Tyler, uh, sort of sat pretty sort of straight up in the, the chair, in his chair, uh, his posture, verging on sort of almost rigid. Uh, it looks to be about six feet tall and lean, very taut build. You can tell that Tyler's physically fit, uh, but his his face has almost like a a hawk-like sort of set of features. Uh, quite narrow eyes, sort of longer, almost curved nose, uh, and seemingly a a permanently clenched jaw. Uh, his dark brown hair is sort of swept and pulled back, with the exception of a single sort of spike of uh, of hair that sort of comes down and, and hangs close to his right eye. That every so often he'll sort of try and push back with the rest, but it sort of drops and bounce, sort of bounces back into position. Um, he sat with a book in hand that he is looking at quite studiously. Uh, places it flat on the briefing room table and then picking it back up to flick a couple of pages uh, and as he flicks the pages you can see there seems to be a series of uh, mech maneuvers and pilot uh, or lancer pilot maneuvers that he seems to be studying uh, and occasionally sort of taking a pencil out of one of his pockets uh, making some notes his dress is quite uh, quite formal in some respects he bears uh, the coloration of uh, the landmark uh, company though not as vivid it seems to be dulled a little bit and almost like a a second string color he sits and when he's not sort of reviewing the book uh, scanning across the table sort of looking at those around him. Um, 
not aggressively in in that respect, but a more calculated demeanor. Clearly looking a little bit tired, maybe still a bit groggy from first waking up uh, and sort of adjusting to to real space. Uh, Yeah, that's me. Balthazar is a taller, genial man with dark brown skin and golden undertones that match the yellow of his eyes, dark brown hair, and a rather colorful priest's robe complete his description. Now, underneath it, you can catch a glimpse of his uh, flight suit or his just out of cryo suit. I'm Travis Marshall. Um, not really much to tell about me, but if I got to describe myself, I guess I will. Um, I keep my hair rather uh, regulation short, as they'd say. Um, I tend to keep my uh, attire rather utilitarian, I guess you would say. Um, always wearing my heavy assault harness. Um, I got pockets for everything. I got a dump pouch. I got mag pouches for, I mean, just about any weapon I want to use. Um, I got various buckles and things everywhere that I need to keep my gear cinched together. Um, I mean, my face definitely looks younger than I feel. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, I've been through a lot. You can tell that, tell that with my, uh, my eyes, I guess. I don't know. That's what people say. But, uh, I mean, what else? I like fingerless gloves. I keep my uh, keep my hands ready for what I need to do when he's done. Um, just don't uh, stare too long. You might uh, might start a fight. Who knows? Skip is five six, pale and slender with blue eyes. He has short black hair that is usually a little bit messy. He almost never goes out without his dark green turtleneck these days. Originally he saved it for when he needed good luck, but has taken a habit to always having it on him. It's riddled with small holes due to its constant use and stuff. He typically wears it with dark green or black pants, assuming he isn't wearing his mobility suit. He doesn't often wear accessories, but often has three small pouches on his right hip and a holster on his left for his gun. The pouches contain some bandages, ammunition for his pistol, and a set of throwing knives. Um, there are in total uh, eight of you around a, a large table that is in one of like the briefing spaces aboard this cruiser. There are a few of them. And who is the last person to come in? Hey, it's me, Balthazar. Balthazar Amaru. You know... <clears throat> I will say, I, I just cannot get over the fact that we live in a galaxy where magic is basically real, but we cannot overcome gravity. There's something kind of comforting in that. Maybe that's just me. Don't all speak at once. So grim and solemn. No, I'm just contemplating how you find the constant of gravity to be incredibly reassuring, my friend. But, uh... It's one of the interesting points. I haven't spent a lot of time in space, so this is all new to me. The boots really help, though. Don't humor him. Come and sit down, Balthazar, please. We have a briefing to get on with. But but I like humoring people. I totally like humoring people. I humor everybody. Like, come on. Like, smile for the camera, Tyler. 
Not today. Not today. Let me just take my seat. Here we go. As you sit, um, one of the one of the heads of the table, a woman who has long black hair, um, and the a black uh, hard suit with the blue and pale yellow colors of Landmark Colonial's flag, uh, kind of accenting this hard suit, uh, is a woman named Megan Hewell, um, who is your commanding officer. She introduced herself to you all uh, a few months back when CRT Omnicron was originally being formed. Um, she kind of, as Balthazar sits down, looks around and goes, all right, we can get on with this. So we are, as you can no doubt tell, here at Arsenia. So in a little while, we'll be hitting our one dropship and going down to the surface. Um, the ship, the Myriad, will stay in station for as long as we need it to, and then we'll, when the response has been completed, we will head out of system. Sorry. With that, we have to go over a few company directives, as well as our mission here. With the inclusion of our PR staff. You all are considered CRT operatives until the end of this response to crisis. And until then, you are considered also to be faces of Landmark Colonial's staff. Um, should it need be and we reach that point, we are also to secure patient's casket as well as anything else that might be considered vital to Landmark's success here in Hersinia. Both myself and Care will be going down on the dropship with you. I will be likely be remaining in the wherever they have set up their, their space for us to direct a lot of the briefings along with our NHP flashpoint. Um, and care will probably be in the field with you all. Do you have any questions so far? What kind of thing would um, Landmark consider critical for the success of a mission like this? Or is that a need to know? I can give you a more general version. I assume that if we ever reach that point where we need to secure critical assets, we will be more dictated more explicitly what needs to happen. Usually these end up, usually are attaches to whatever NHP is administering the colony. So whoever is working in maintaining, being the human liaison for our NHP patients will likely be considered a critical target or a high value. Um, Outside of that, there's usually maybe a backup or two of the NHP somewhere along in the co in the colony that will also be high value. Um, essential personnel equipment, so head engineers, heads of science teams, stuff like that. Um, if we need to, well, which we probably will, um, we are given, obviously, authority to operate where needed within Hersinia. 
And unless we do something that breaks union law um, or implicates landmark management somehow, we can justify pretty much about anything. Just as long as it's not like war crimes, if I need to say that. Nope. No, that sounds that sounds right. I that shudder to ask it. what the other CRTs are like. A lot of the CRTs, and Kara kind of goes, a lot of the CRTs are, an individual stands up as he is saying this, uh, an individual um, that goes by the name Kara Lebrecht, another individual you guys have spent the past few months with, um, most of it on ice, so really the past few weeks. Um, this individual is a little bit a little bit taller than Megan, but not by much, around 6'1", um, and is wearing the more olive drab and brown of what you guys would know to be Landmark Colonial security wear. A lot of the security officers or security forces will wear an olive drab coloring to match local environments more so than the blue and yellow of their standard, of their, like, their, their banner and uh, flag. And he'll stand up and go, a lot of the CRTs usually come from Union Navy, like I have and Megan, or will you come from Union Auxiliaries or less less honor bound means like mirror smoke and stuff like that. Um, just kind of depends depends on who 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 takes the job. No wonder you need a PR team. Yeah. Um, We'll work it out. <laughs> kind of chuckles at the PR, uh, at all that and goes, all right, anyway, sorry. And then gestures back to Megan and goes, all right. But yeah, that's usually why. Um, outside of that, we will have to assess the situation when we get to the ground um, and hopefully provide assistance where we can. Further questions, comments, concerns? Are we, uh, <clears throat> are we expecting any resistance on the ground? Well, you know, and Tyler, you would know this uh, as well based on the original briefs and stuff like that. Uh, Evergreen Colony uh, sent out a distress signal after coming in contact with unknown hostile actors in a more serious presence. Um, you would know through various logs and stuff, and both the, all of you would know that leading into this, that Hercinia and well, Evergreen Colony has been harassed by uh, what look to be almost like pirates or raiders for off and on for about two or so years prior to this. Um, it'd be small though and pocketed stuff. It wouldn't be anything serious. Um, it's just recently that it has stepped up into something more. Uh, with more weight to it and that's what the distress call is for um and so you would know that that and megan will kind of go well it's more than likely we'll at least encounter some resistance given the fact that there are unknown hostile actors still present in in and around well not in but around evergreen colony um in the forests and once we have rooted those out though probably very little afterwards. We'll have to see when we get on the ground. Uh, are we printing on site or are we printing here and dropping in? 
Printing on site. Okay. We don't have enough space for a schedule printer in here. Okay. Um, well, at least not one that wouldn't take more weeks than we have time for. But they have a schedule two down there, so it'll be more than quick enough. Um, you all would know as well that schedule two printers are a level of schedule or a level of 3D printer that prints just about everything um, in the Lan- Lancer world. But yes, printing on site. And we'll probably have a couple, maybe a day or two to settle in, get a lay of the land before we're given any more serious instructions. We are, I am commanding officer of this unit until we, basically until we leave, but we will be getting any kind of directives that involve her uh, evergreen colonies defense from patients. So um, mission, mission planning and execution will be done with NHP patients final authority for mission planning and briefing. So. And by, uh, by printing, we mean flash 3d printing that the complex parts that create our mechs as we all know and are familiar with, but you know, someone listening to this might not be familiar with. Very much so. So are all of you back home gesturing towards Winston's 3D drone, not 3D drone, but Winston's drone. That is a, that's what that's for. Just another day in the life of Landmark Colonial. Indeed. Hoorah. We're hoorahing now? Is hoorah a thing? Should I be hoorahing? Um, don't bother. <laughs> okay, that's that's not a really a thing. At least not where I'm from. All right, cool. That's that's your thing. You have a catchphrase. Good job, Tyler. You're getting the hang of this. I'm sure my personality will develop in my hate for you. It'll be equal, I'm sure. Well, that's incredibly grim. We should probably fix that. Coffee will fix it. Care kind of looks from where he's kind of sat and just goes, "All right, well." Um, I think the only final order of business going into this is probably getting NHP Flashpoint online. So I'll probably need your help with that, Balthazar. And that's what I'm here to do. Let's go, uh, let's go wake up the big fella. (laughs) Um, so both of them will head off to start up the NHP Flashpoint. What do the rest of you want to do with your prep time for heading to the dropship? Well, Winston's going to get with Olivia to discuss uh, angles and things like that, as well as possible loadout changes for their frames, depending on the situation when they get down there. Um, he will also make comment that there will be lots of walls for Skip to hold up. Uh, Skip will kind of just like nod, confused slightly. <laughs> Um, and he's going to be uh, making some last-minute changes to his loadout and also uh, finishing up that drawing that we mentioned that might not be talked about in what the other people see. But but in the point .5? Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain for people who... Okay. So there was this uh, simulation that we did where everybody except for Skip kind of did fine. And Skip made one particular very large mistake. <laughs> um, and in response, which was basically diving directly in front of like the heavy hitter of the enemy, thinking that uh, they were sneakier than they really were. Um, 
getting caught and taking a shotgun blast to the front of their mech, like, and so the drawing is something that he has to, like, remember that moment and learn from it, which is just his point of view in that moment staring down the barrel of the shotgun. Hmm. So that is depicted on the, uh, on this drawing you have as you are finishing it up. I will, uh, Tyler, is anything you wish to do prior to the dropship? Uh, while Winston and Olivia are having a discussion of tactics, Tyler will get some coffee, sit to one side with his maneuvers manual, and start reciting it for homework, uh, effectively. Very well. And while having the conversation with Winston, um, Olivia also has a clipboard and is checking not just their gear, but everyone else's gear as well, making sure we have everything we need before we head down and all of that. Don't want to get down there and realize we're missing something. I will cycle back around to Balthazar. Um, Kara leads you to a small four foot by two and a half foot box. And you would know this to be the casket of NHP Flashpoint. Um, with NHPs, they are always dictated by the real space by a casket. Um, that is where they where they actually reside. And while they interact usually with the world through <clears throat> OmniNet and uh, subalterns, which are robots that are basically human mech size or not not mech size, but human sized robots, um, if they need to interact with the world physically, they will usually interact through comms and other stuff like that all done through this casket as you activate it balthazar you are greeted with a familiar voice i think this is one you have you have met a few times after a brief moment you hear from kind of like a a speaker on the casket itself it goes are you needing of me good morning flashpoint it's nice to see you as well it's too early for the shit well, it's too early for most things, but here we are. You know, I was just telling Care here, my my good old brother. Casket is such an interesting term for where you live. Most people think of it as a coffin, but the word has its origins as a box for containing jewels. And uh, sometimes I wonder, do you think of yourself as a corpse? Or as a treasure. I kind of thought you were going with this as like a gem bit, and I was very confused as to why you would consider me as such. But now you're asking me whether or not I consider myself as such, and really, you're asking this far too early. (laughs) Well, we may all die horribly on this mission, so I wanted to get the philosophizing out of the way. Fair enough. Can I think of myself as both? Yeah, I see no reason why not. You'd make an exquisite corpse. Perfect. I love being a corpse. And a, uh, Flashpoint will reach out to all of you through your uh, various slates, data pads, and such. Uh, just a simple message across all of your your screens as like a note, as like a like a message, like a direct message, but into a group text, um, just saying from NHP Flashpoint, I have awoken. I'm still waking up. Give me like 20 minutes. And I think it comes across both of your data slates as you two are talking, Olivia and Winston. I wonder if Tyler knows about any robot coffee. I'm guessing that was just a turn of phrase, but 
I don't know. <laughs> he seems very much the coffee connoisseur of the group. He does, yeah. He, he's always drinking We'll it. know what to get him in the gift basket later. Just a whole mess of coffee. We'll make things easier. <laughs> I will make a note of that. It's a good call. He's very grim. I don't know what happened to him in his past to make him so grim, but he's so very grim. At least he doesn't snap to attention like he, like, 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 like the other one. Balthazar is fun, though. He's, he's in Skip in the walls. That man is just all angsty personality. I don't know what happened to him either. It's uh, I'm going to get to the bottom of it, though. We're going to find out Skip's past. I feel that's a whole like three or four episodes, probably. But yeah. Probably. They're a good group, though. They've they've held up and watched our backs in the sim combat, so I... Yeah, yeah, no. Balthazar knows how to grab people. That was interesting to watch. He was, like, picking them up and slamming them around. I am not good at that fighting with the with the melees at all. But, yeah. So, I think if we're going to be next to each other and partner up, I think the way to go is with the heavy machine gun. Because I think if the combat's taking place at mid-range, I'll be able to be more effective in helping everybody early on with that but yeah you, you, that, that makes that, sense just remember if once they start firing to get behind me yeah well the frame you have is like so big it's so cool though I, should, I thought about maybe getting a bigger frame later but i don't i don't think that's me i don't see myself in the big frame role um but yeah this ought to be interesting you 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 were a little worried about this whole going into a combat zone thing but i think it'll be fine it's just like some pirates it's some unknown hostile actors yeah let's let's check back in about that after we've experienced some actual combat sure that's fine put that on my to-do list and check that and come back to that conversation do do you want me to make a note of i it? made a note of it this time we I, I made a note my own i made my very own note i'm impressed see see look at my pet seat come back to this conversation yep made my very own Travis walks by as a two year having this and goes oh that's good you can make notes I can great at making notes no, I'm not Olivia's way better at notes continues walking uh-huh. does not stop uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. L- later <laughs> alright throws up a peace sign behind him as he walks alright there we go as you all prep Olivia you are checking off everybody's gear making sure it's all there uh, you see Somewhere in this conversation, you don't see you. Ne- you didn't remember adding this, but you see listed under NHP Flashpoint, you have the casket and three subalterns. You don't remember adding that at all, but it's definitely there. Hmm. I have to tell him to stop playing around in my notes. You get a message. Make me. <laughs> <laughs> I am the wrong person to deal with, Flashpoint. Uh, it's payable. but it, it then changes it from three subalterns to two subalterns <laughs> see there isn't so much a right answer as there is an answer and you know I'll, I'll take whatever we can get so as you get all of this stuff packed into a nice decent sized dropship that can fit all of you pretty comfortably I mean it's comfortable it's not super comfortable um, as it is it is, you guys are strapped down into it. It does not have, it is not a pressurized bulkhead. So once you guys will get into it and get out into the vacuum of space, you guys will just be in your hard suits, full on hard suits and all that. And everything else is strapped down. You guys have a few of the deckhands and like crew on the, of the myriad helping you out, putting all this stuff in. Um, 
I kind of see the scene where all like all these deckhands are helping and you guys are kind of walking in with your own gear. Um, then Olivia's just kind of checking it off as you all come in. Uh, the two subalterns are rolled onto like on like a pallet. Um, and you get like, there's like a little like thank you message onto like one of the like deckhands that's using like the crate to load it in like a crane or something like that from an HP flashpoint. Um, and after a moment, you all are uh, sitting strapped into the uh, cargo bay of a dropship. Um, you hear over the comms some of the flight chatter as it gets clearance for departure out of the, the hangar. Um, it uh, is, I, I want to say it's like that cool pressure barrier thing that they, they have in a lot of the movies where like stuff can go through it, but pressure, like the our atmosphere pressure cannot. Cool blue glowy force fields. Yeah, why not? Um, and you guys see out the the port windows the gray uh, sphere that is Hersinia. Um and you see it as like it kind of slowly rotates with the uh, the gray clouds kind of shifting over the planet below. Um, you guys would know as part of the briefing packet you guys got from Landmark uh, that the Earth or it's Hersinia has Earth-like atmosphere and Earth-like uh, gravity. Um, you guys are coasting through, kind of coming into burn. You kind of start to feel the the pressure and kind of atmosphere begin to kind of rock the ship and as it kind of you hear the wind shear of, of, of you know atmosphere as it is entering in um so as we're hitting re-entry uh one of the few times that like winston's like i'm swagger and super celebrity kind of goes away like he's sitting next to olivia he like actually takes her hand and grips it kind of tight and like is very clearly like unsettled a little bit by re-entry over because uh, we're helmeted our hard suits right mm-hmm. yeah so because over- it comes within each other and stuff like that yeah so, so overcomes just a winston um you know your sister would be proud of you i don't think she ever imagined you doing something like this yeah yeah we just got to get to the ground that's the that's the part got to get to the ground we're gonna get to the ground regardless um, in one that piece. you don't have to worry let's, about. Let's, let's get to the ground in one in one piece. Deep breaths. It'll be over soon. Yep, that's the hope. And the the rocking kind of begins to steady out a little bit. The um, the flight calm voice chops in and goes, "We're about thirty minutes out. Um, keep your helmets on, stuff like that. Cabin's not pressurized, and while we got some atmosphere, it's probably not enough for you guys to survive on." Um, welcome to Arsenia, y'all. A luxury world, to be certain. You know, people pay a premium. Oh. As you're saying this, Balthazar, you guys hear a distinct, like, soft hum of, like, a tone, just a a solid monotone as it begins to kind of, it kind of flickers in for a moment, and then you all hear kind of static. And as you guys kind of continue down and kind of, you're now a good way kind of coming through the clouds um the the tone you then hear it begin to beat very rapidly 
and as it's beeping, you guys then uh, feel a good amount of G-forces as this dropship swerves off of its designated course before trying to right itself. Um, the flight con comes back in. We've got a missile lock on us. Please hold on. Brace for impact. You guys continue to swerve a fair bit. Um, I would like grid rolls from all of you, please. I rolled a 14. Nice. You are keeping cool for the moment. Is it just grit, or if we have an appropriate ta- uh, trigger, would that work as well? Mm, if you have an appropriate trigger, I feel like you could add it for your plus two. Sure. Sounds good. Um, then I will do such. So I have survive be relevant? Can I ask you? Stay calm. Survive would probably... Yeah, stay calm and survive <laughs> both be relevant. Yep. So... Then I got a whopping six. Your survive is usually when you're on the ground, so this is a little bit out of your depth. Thirteen. Thirteen, awesome. You are staying cool. Um, Seventeen here. Gotcha. And then Tyler? Yeah, being mute it doesn't help when you try and speak. Uh, Eleven. <laughs> Eleven, okay. So I think everybody except for Skip, Skipper, is doing pretty okay. Skipper, your anxiety is starting to creep up at you because you're pretty seasoned with some tough things. None of which is being actively shot at while you can do nothing about it and strapped into a cargo bay of a dropship. Yeah, and I'd imagine just in general he's not very experienced with re-entering atmosphere. (laughs) And that as well. Um, as you guys weave back and forth, you eventually hear the tone clear as you guys are currently working your way back towards the original flight path. Um, and flight con come back on. Everybody still kicking back there? Yep, still strapped in. Looks like we're all in one piece. Sounds good. Um, just had a little bit of interference from something. So. Do we know who's locking mm. missiles on us? Hmm. Whatever it is, these raiders really have some serious equipment. I guess that's why we're here, huh? I suppose so. And then kind of addressing Skip. Uh, just remember, this is... People pay good money for this. They 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 want the sensation of gravity, like it is on Cradle. Something tells me they usually don't pay for the missiles to be involved. And that and right now they're not involved. Hey Skip, I saw you working on your prototype weapon again. Why don't you tell us about it while we uh, take the rest of this trip to land? Okay. Uh, it is currently, uh, it is still the whole, like, scorpion tail thing going on. Um, so it's basically just like an extra appendage for stabbing. Um, but, uh, now I have it working where it's an energy weapon, so it can, uh, diversify the type of, you know, type of hurt I can put out on people. It's not just knives. Now there's electric knives. And I keep asking him questions just to keep him distracted until you get to the ground. As you guys are, as you're about to ask your second question, Olivia, um, 
there is no sound that precedes this. But you all feel it as the dropship is impacted from the left side. And it, you feel it more than hear it, but for, um, I'm going to say, I say both Olivia and Paul, as well as Megan and Care, who are all on the right side of, I'm going to say like both of you guys are each on two sides of this. For both of you on that side, you see the exit opening that has now been formed by this shell that has gone through this. Um, and you feel the ship kind of start to wobble and then tumble. And as you all unceremoniously begin to head towards the ground, is there anything that you guys say to each other before you guys? How bad does it look from your side? Not great. Yeah, pretty damn bad. Megan, what are we doing? Not much we can do back here besides hang on. If we get through this, we print on the ship from now on. Agreed. Absolutely. You want to pay for a bigger ship, we can have a bigger ship. I will put that sponsor money towards a bigger ship. And I would love one more set of grid rolls as you all collide and the crunch and crash of tree and wood on metal as you guys break into the canopy and onto the the lovely terrain terra firma. Apparently 18. Apparently I rolled an 18. I also rolled an 18. Good good rolls. Good rolls. <laughs> yeah, because we are also in narrative mode, so we don't get our cool bonded bonus right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got 13. 13? And then JR did Yes, I got an 11. Awesome. Okay, so an undetermined amount of time passes. Um, and then you guys snap open awake. You guys are still generally in your harnesses. Uh, some might have like unlocked like a little bit, but not enough to um, cause you any serious trauma. There is two exceptions to that, however. The two being both Travis and Care. Um, Travis, from what you can tell, has fallen out of his harness. Uh, is currently on the what would be the ceiling of the dropship if it were right side up, but it is now the floor as gravity has once again taken hold of you all. Um, and the other exception is Care, who is fully missing from the dropship. And as you all come to consciousness, Megan kind of is one of the last ones to kind of look around, wake up and look around and go, status report? Where's, where's care? Fuck. I'm not sure. Care, are you still up? You guys hear nothing on the comms after a moment. And then after that moment, you see Megan opens up her, uh, her harness to drop out in her in her hard suit. Uh, she checks, looks, you can kind of see where she pauses for a moment. You probably could surmise to check O2 levels and like stuff like that for uh, atmosphere. And then she takes her helmet off and just shouts, Care? Care, are you still here? And kind of immediately begins to like go and check. There is what looks to be like an opening that is sheared uh, in between 
where both Olivia and Winston are and where Care and Megan were on the right side of the aircraft when it was properly right side up. And she kind of looks through it, but she looks and goes, I have to find him, but everybody else. Okay. All right. Ish. Uh, Winston is going to turn on his mag boots. So he doesn't fall out of anything as he gets out of his harness. And he's going to go check on Travis to make sure he's not dead. Like, you can certainly do that. Um, make me another a, a grit roll. Sure. Um, good old five. So, go five. Good old five. You will, you are able to detect that he is breathing. Um, you do see a spot where his heart suit has been breached by what looks to be like some of the, the bulkhead. Uh, another one of the spots where uh, trees in it had a fight. And the bulkhead lost and created this sharp edge that it looks like Travis has fallen onto, or like fall, fell onto and then then rolled off of. Um, is still alive from the looks of it, but is not in good shape right now. So on the lovely list of equipment we took, I cooked ter- cook correct took corrective, which is for stabilizing people in the down and out situation. So I would like that to apply that to him so he does not die. You can certainly do so. Um, and I can totally mark my one usage of that now and not have it mm-hmm. for later. But uh, I definitely go about doing that to make sure he does not uh, pass from the uh, mortal coil. Yes. And you are absolutely able to do that. Um, and with that, um, the uh, it seems to take hold, patching up that section of where, his, uh, where that hard suit is breached. Um, to the point where it is now not going to be uh, life-threatening. Um, both the in physical damage as well as the hard suit damage. What do the rest of you do as you guys come to consciousness? Help me get this harness off someone. I'll be there in just a moment. And I'll get myself out using the same method that Winston did. Hmm. I'll go over to help Beth, uh, Balthazar. Gravity's really reassuring, isn't it? Hey, it's a constant. One thing we can't control. And I attempt to help him, but I am 5'2", so I don't know how well that's going to go. Technically, that is a failure. Um, The harness is, I'm going to say, jammed in that case. And then uh, Megan kind of looks over, sees you struggling with it, kind of walks over, um, and then just full-on punches it with a uh, with one of her fists uh, at one point and then just kind of pulls like the two fragmented sections of where it usually like connects to the rest of the harness up. Um, Balthazar, you kind of unceremoniously topple out as a result, but you are free of your harness. <sighs> Show off. Skip is going to do the, the same method or at least attempt and, and try to open up the harness. I don't think, I, I would say if you were trying to open it up yourself, you do not need to. Um, oh. Okay. At least I don't feel like that needs to be a roll. Um, All right. I, I was he was unsure if it was jammed or not, so. <laughs> I don't say yours is not. Cool. Is my ever-casting drone around? Uh, it looks like it is still strapped with the rest of your stuff on the top. on the, well, what, what is now the ceiling, which was once the floor. Um, all of your gear looks mostly intact, surprisingly, based on how well it's been strapped down you summarize uh, the one thing that isn't really strapped in still is one of the subalterns 
has uh, fucking got jostled loose in the uh, in the fall. It is now like crashed into like where the the wall meets like where the the front cabin used to be. Uh, from what you would know, Balthazar, it's probably not functional anymore. But other than that, the rest of your stuff looks mostly intact. Um, some of the stuff may be damaged on the inside. So, but you can find out, uh, Winston, if you go to open up, find your drone, you can definitely find it. It's still functioning. Um, uh, so I, once we get everybody situated up and about, I can ask Olivia to pull up her pad and like go through the passive feed to see if we see what happened to our missing XO. You go through that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a peek outside, make sure we're safe. Might want to shut us. You might want to draw your weapon before you do that. Yeah. I will go Uh, with you. And then he'll pull out his knife. Tyler, uh, as you, as everybody is making plans, what are you going Uh, to do? Tyler is monitoring things, going to sort of just cool down over the, over the comms. Um, uh, How's everything looking, looking down there as he starts to manipulate the, the harness? Looks like most of the gear is intact. Travis is stabilized, but still out. Um, we're missing our XO, um, and it looks like uh, Balthazar and Skip are going to go look on foot around. Uh, Olivia and I are going to review the footage from the drone to see if it, he passed by at any point and see if he was mobile or not. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll get down. What do you need me to do? Um, turn to Meg. What else should we be like? What else is uh, what else is a good way to search for him right now? Those are probably our two best options is on foot. If he's nearby, I assume he probably would be either part of the flight path that led us into the crash or has gone somewhere else, maybe in search of help in the time that we were out. Looking at how long we were out, though, I wouldn't assume that he'd gotten far. Mm-hmm. Um, a morbid thought, but we should probably see if there's anything left of the pilot. I was just thinking that. Well, I can do that if you're... They may know where we came down as well. I, I can do that if you two are doing stock taking here with Megan and Skip and Balthazar are stepping out. I, I don't mind going around, the, around the, to the, the cockpit. There you go, then. Cool. Sounds like we all have our plans. All right. I'm going to get on the the horn with the ship and see what they can track and whatever shot us down or whatever launched the missile. I'll let you all know when I, when I find out, if anything. Um, she's kind of, she will follow both Balthazar and Skipper out, but will adjust heading to not be with you guys as much as trying to find a spot to get a radio or an Omninet signal uh, up to the, the ship the cruiser they guys came in on um as both of you the i would say actually the four of you in total including megan step out you guys step out into a a decent spring day in hersinia uh it is overcast the moment but looking like it's about to start pouring down rain again um there are thunder and thunder clouds off in the distance you hear the kind of roll of rumble of a little bit of thunder as you guys are acclimated, it's cool, not cold, but the mugginess is definitely present. Um, 
as you guys are getting used to it. Um, especially if you guys, well, if you guys don't take off your hard suits, you guys would not feel any of this, but for Megan, at least Megan is experiencing this. Um, as well as you guys can kind of see the condensation almost form a little bit on the, uh, face plates of your, uh, hard suits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it looks to be about midday when you guys are, uh, finally touching down unceremoniously. Were we crashed on the ground or like in up in a tree? You guys initially hit trees, but you gotcha, guys but we, ended like, up on the ground. Um, and you guys kind of seem to have stopped and almost kind of crunched into a little bit, a rather large tree that is one of the bigger ones in this kind of forest area. And as you guys go outside and look for the, for care, I'd love uh, rolls from both of you. If you have a p- applicable skill triggers. I think Dude, would... Balthazar is uh, skilled with investigating. Okay. I have spot. spot. Does that yeah, work? spot. I think both spot and investigate might be useful. Would be useful here. Um, Tyler, you go around to the front. There is very little that remains of the pilot. The kind of hole that you see in the front is one that just almost kind of takes the entire cockpit section out with it or did when it made impact um there is a little bit of red that is currently kind of drying near the exit hole along kind of one of the cockpit windows um but other than that there is nothing that tells of the pilot so for the rolls for grit 21 uh, 21 yeah 21 and, gotcha Wait, we both got twenty one. We both got twenty one. Sick. Uh, that jump, that that uh, jetpack works. Yeah, let's put this to the test. And Balthazar fires up his own uh, hard suits mobility suite, kind of boost up and get a, a good view. It is on your way up that you run into where Care is unceremoniously dangling by his own hard suit and pieces of it that got sh- that has been impacted by a branch and cut through it. It also seems to probably have at least maybe damaged part of him and his, and his maybe his spine area. You're not quite sure. Um, there's no obvious blood coming out of it, if there is any. Um, but it definitely is not. It is what has kept him up there instead of him falling to the ground. Um, I would say with 21s that you guys are able to recover him using both of your mobility suits as well as your just the roles you have. I would say you were successful in both finding him and recovering him. Uh, he is also in a critical condition, what we'd consider down and out in terms of the, the game mechanics. Um, uh, lucky for you, I'm here, brother. Uh, he is still unconscious, but, but sorry. Oh, no. I mean, I just say that to his, to his unconscious body. Fair enough. Uh, and I will uh, take out my corrective and apply it to him. Fuck yeah. All right, then he is stabilized. Um, so he is no longer down and out? Mm, yes. Okay, then can I use a patch to get him back in a decent enough condition if he's no longer down and out? I would say so. I don't say why not. All right, cool. Then I will do that. Uh, I'll, I'll take out the patch. And 
let's get you, uh, working. <laughs> we'll just use it. Um, okay. It restores them to half their HP. Gotcha. Uh, I think I have to throw that out now, though. It only has one use. Uh, well, it, it has been used, so whenever you guys perform a full rest, you'll get your uses back of it. Okay. Uh, after a moment, you see him kind of pop awake and he goes, Okay. Well, that's one way to drop in. Kind of looks up at the both of you. Might to thank both of you for keeping me off ice for a little while longer. I don't know if thanks would be in order, but we did get you back in here. You can call us, call us even for the time you stole my bunk back before we parted ways. You still remember that? He kind of sits up, flexes his fingers, toes, kind of, you see him kind of just stretch a little bit. Take it easy. We live in the future, but not that far in the future. Future is a relative term these days. You know that. If you need a minute, I can make this whole being out in the open thing a bit safer. Um, he'll pull out a camo cloth. It's like a, it's a lot less mundane than it sounds. Mm. <laughs> uh, um, and you'll just like let lay it over him. <laughs> We found our missing teammate over the comms. Uh, I'd like to do a little bit more reconnoitering, see if the the LZ is safe. It's about that point that I would say with your 21s, you both clock what looks to be about a five or six individuals um, what looks to be wearing kind of ponchos over what looks to be kind of military gear uh, that are is not very well fitting but functional um, they are uh, weapons are at like a low ready um, not directly aimed at you guys but definitely not you know at a place where they could use them if they need to um, and they do not say anything at first until uh, what looks to be kind of one of the uh, leaders, judging by both her kit and that she has like a, a thin exoskeleton um, instead of like a hard suit of any kind, as well as a uh, third arm that is helping support what looks to be like an anti-armor uh, weapon. And uh, Otherwise, looks to be in like kind of a military fatigue outfit and uh, body kit. Um, this guy goes, Are you the pilots that are supposed to be coming in today? Uh, we came in. Are you the ones that shot us? Well, it'd be really rude of me to shoot down the people that are coming to help, wouldn't it? Hey, you know, you never know. It doesn't hurt to ask. Um, we're a crisis response team Omicron. Lovely to meet you. I'm Brava Hadura, the head of the militia here at Evergreen. 
You guys aren't far. If, you, if that helps anything on your crash landing. Uh, you three all, that's it. I know there's um, more back in the ship along with all our gear. Um, we were just about to see if this place was safe. See if whoever was taking pot shots is still around. Hmm. It's possible. There is a sniper in the area, so... Well, let's lead them back to where everyone is, shall we? You guys aren't far. Um, like it's, you see, kind of where like the scraping of this landing comes to a halt, and you guys are kind of at where that landing that goes, the scraping kind of begins. Um, and you lead everyone else back. The the militia kind of seem to follow you. Um, Megan kind of looks up and goes, "Well, at least somebody found us." Um. They've not gotten heard anything yet from Myriad, so either they're having Omninet troubles, or this is worse than we thought. Probably both. Usually so, both. This is Brava Hadura, um, um, Balthazar, uh, Skip, and then uh, the one over there with the camera and the drone is Winston. Uh, the sensible one here, who will probably outlive us all just for pure reasons of practicality and pragmatism, uh, and perhaps genuine empathy, is Olivia. And the um, the person trying to look as inconspicuously like a soldier as possible is uh, Tyler, I believe. Pleasure to meet you all. Real quick. As you both kind of look up from where you guys have been looking at the drone's footage, can I get a grit roll from both of you sure. with applicable skill what triggers? Is an apic- uh, what is an applicable skill trigger for that particular thing? I don't think I have any work um, for that. Let me... I'll, I'll just dive through what you have and say... I would say you could do get an, uh, an accuracy from your background. Cool. I will do that probably in lieu of any uh, skill triggers. Yeah. I would say that, that makes the most sense of... Okay. My six says no, so it's all on Olivia. Uh, gotcha. Twelve. A twelve will be successful. So um, Winston doesn't catch it at first, but Olivia, you see it after a moment. You kind of see where the drone's kind of looking up from the gear that it's been kind of stored with. Uh, you see roughly everybody uh, in the the uh, cargo bay of this dropship, and you see roughly about shortly before you see where Winston picks it up, you kind of scrub it back and forth. You see the spot where um, it looks to be like a secondary hit kind of goes and makes a dent in the cabin between where, uh, I'd say where you are, Olivia, and where Care is. And then a tree uh, hits further in, clips Care, and drips him and his entire harness out. Um, where, and then you can kind of see him fade out of the view. Um, in addition to that, you see kind of where, uh, from this, this vantage point, you see where a couple more kind of bumps that you kind of do correlate with where they are now, um, from where they hit, you see it has been, it has taken a few shots since it was tumbling into, um, tumbling towards the ground. So, um, but you also know from when you saw earlier, I would say you are 
Yes. I think that is what you gather from that. Is this about the time that the others return? Yes, I think it's about the time. Um, and I would say uh, that uh, Balthazar returns, uh, Balthazar, Skip, and Care return. Um, I look up. Care uh, is looking pretty all right. He looks kind of like he's struggling to move one of his legs properly still, but other than that, he seems to be doing okay. Yeah, I look up at him. How are you still up and about? Modern technology and two generous pilots. We live in the future. I wave the tablet on that looked pretty rough. I'm impressed. He kind of turns. You do see where this branch has fully impaled through his hard suit. Um, and you see kind of where it has like it has forced the hard suit out. Um, and you can only assume that at one point his body went equally in the other direction around it um but his body has kind of settled back to its normal positioning but so there's just like this half moon kind of spot in the back of his hard suit that is just you can see right through it to the other side of the the forest floor olivia kind of shakes off a shiver doesn't say anything else about it right um pleasure to meet you all i'm brava hadura I am the leader of the militia here at Evergreen. Uh, we are about 15 minutes that way. She points about behind her and to her right a little bit. Um, why don't we get you back with us, and then we'll get a, we'll send more of our, more of us out to gather your gear. Does that sound good to everyone? look to Meg for the SOP. She is the commanding officer. <laughs> she gives a quick thumbs up. So, hopefully, we don't run anybody on the way home. Let's hope so. We heard there's a sniper about. Yes, there's a sniper about, so keep your heads low. Um, the cockpit's a mess, so we're not having a pilot taking us out of here at any any moment now. I would say you don't have a ship taking you out of here as well, so... But I'm sorry to hear that your pilot is gone. Well, are we all set to move? Yep. I uh, yeah. have I have the drone start scouting a bit ahead and mm-hmm. activate my stealth hard suit so I am the invisible as we're approaching through the area. Gotcha. Um... One of the uh, militia members will pick up Travis um, and kind of put him in a loose fireman's carry. Um, and you all head throughout the forest following Bravo Hadura. Uh, eventually, the forest clears uh, into what looks to be a nice clear-cut plain along uh, this opening, and then off in the distance, you see uh, these few kind of skyscrapers that look to be wrapped up in almost plastic, um, kind of dotting it up from this wall that surrounds the colony that you have seen in your reports to be evergreen. Um, as you guys approach, you see a few drones kind of lift up from behind the wall and start making their way out. Um, the four Brava uh, kind of just 
waves them back in um, with one of her hands, the other's kind of still resting on the uh, the grip of the, uh, the arm, the her weapon, her anti-armor weapon. And you all make your way to Evergreen. It's otherwise uneventful. Um, it is. It begins to rain on the way as you guys make the crossing, make your way across the clear cut. Yeah, the rain kind of begins in earnest, and you kind of feel the the dripping uh, in your hard suits as it kind of bounces off things. Uh, Megan, while carrying the uh, hard suit helmet under one arm, does not put it back on. Um, Kara leaves his on, um, and I would say both. He is probably the slowest member of the group. Uh, he still is struggling with one of his legs, from what you can tell. Um, but he continues on and doesn't really say much about it. Um, uh, Balthazar joins Megan in taking his helmet off. Uh, mm-hmm. You are hit with the kind of cool but muggy air of the spring in Hersinia, um, as well as feeling the rain kind of begin to begin to kind of pour down on you and uh, make your hair wet. Megan, both Megan and Kara are quiet, as well as Brava and the rest of the militia, unless you guys strike up a conversation over the course of the final trek into Evergreen. Not until we're here, we're clear of a sniper. No talky-talky. That's a good way to get shoddy-shoddy. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I will say that uh, when we go to move out, uh, Skip is going to put the camo cloak that he previously had uh, set down for <clears throat> the whole resting situation mm. over his shoulders. So you basically have just like a head and the rest of his body is all invisible. It's just a bobbing head. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, he's got to be able to see. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, as you guys, you guys get through the walls of Hersinia. The walls are not particularly super high. They are roughly six feet and made of what looks to be kind of like a uh, a, a mix of prefab um, kind of concrete 3D printed uh, structures as well as filled in. Um, you kind of can see from where they're still kind of finishing up some building of a couple. Uh, but they can be filled in with both like mud and like logs to help fill them out. As you guys go through the, the entrance to Evergreen um, and you get through uh, the kind of the gate kind of opens and then closes behind you guys. Um, they kind of lead you through, um, and as kind of they you guys break into the camp, Bravo kind of goes, "We'll get your particulars sorted out, so that way you don't have to uh, get followed by drones or." some of the uh, turrets that we have planted around here. She kind of points over to on kind of some of the corners of where these walls meet. There are a few what look to be pre-established auto- autonomous uh, turrets that will uh, that are kind of seem to be kind of lazily scanning over the field. Um, and maybe if we're lucky, we'll put some mines down and you won't get hit by those either. So, Welcome to Evergreen. Um, she kind of gestures to the the muddy churn streets that you guys are walking into. Um, 
the ground is soggy here as it kind of has been since the time that you guys like really arrived on evergreen um it's it makes kind of the slow walking a little bit slower um you do see people that kind of are basically will hurry along from like overhang to overhang to overhang um kind of you see a couple of them that are crouched over some goods to kind of keep them from getting too soaked in the rain um the prefab buildings that make up most of the streets of Evergreen are just splattered with mud and stuff like that from the you know weeks of rain they've had here. Um, the kind of you also will see above you kind of you can hear it just kind of pouring down as the the gutters of this of these prefab buildings just full of water constantly. Um, you kind of also see as you kind of your eyes gaze over the, the kind of upper portions of these structures, power lines just kind of crisscrossing. Um, it is definitely clear that uh, it's been. There are parts of this that look very well pre-built, and you kind of see off in the distance those skyscrapers I mentioned earlier um, that are in fact wrapped in some kind of plastic. Um, and then you also see the more just normal buildings as they are right now um, that are being that are much more used. Um, as you guys approach kind of an intersection, you guys see a trooper, one of the militia individuals, standing there, um, and he is fully up against a wall. Um, the kind of right wall, right from where your guys are walking down this road, the wall that is of this building he's pressed up against it um and you kind of see him holding a shattered piece of glass uh and kind of looking through it and kind of turns and looks at brava looks back over here and goes careful um sniper here likes the street so be uh quick so as you all cross you cross quickly Oh, definitely. Gotcha. That's like asking, do you choose to die? <laughs> I'm just asking. Um, Winston will actually try to take the time to peek around the corner some, because he's invisible to see if he can see where a vantage point would be. Um, you can kind of see uh, off up in the distance, there is what looks to be a hill that would be a good overwatch spot for almost the entirety of Evergreen, and specifically the routes that cut uh, across it from the way you guys entered. Um, and after, uh, are you the last to go, Winston? Sure, I'll be the last to go. Okay. Uh, somebody else kind of hurried across and you were looking as you, after you, you run across, um, you see uh, these pair of individuals look about to be like their mid thirties, kind of hurrying across after you guys. Um, and right as they break past the midway point and, and finish going across the other side, you hear the crack of a high-powered sniper rifle going straight down the alleyway. Thank you for listening to Response Team Omnicron. Our cast this evening has been Adam Powell, Anna Woten, First Strike, J.R. Zambrano, Paul Marchant, and Shane Marie. You can find links to each of their social media handles in the podcast description. This podcast is story told, edited, and produced by Fennigy. 
additional content creation and consulting by Anna Wood. Produced with Squadcast and Adobe Audition, with additional sound effects and music from Epidemic Sounds. Once again, thank you for listening, and keep your eyes on the Omni for the next episode.